0: Welcome to Caffeinated Living, a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle. And I'm Rob. And welcome back to episode number... Seven! We're at episode seven. What was that
1: statistic you told me about the other day about podcasts? Yes. Uh, People creating a podcast. Podcasters... 50% Fifty percent of them do not make it to episode six. Wow!
0: And so we,
1: we are above the curve. We've
0: done better than them. So we're Take like that. I'm just kidding.
1: So I guess we are in. The other 50% yeah. that's made it past episode six, so we're episode
0: at, seven. Episode seven, the number of perfection, the number of completion. We're there not we finished, though. This is, We're going to keep going. But welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great discussion that we're going to talk about, a hard discussion, a deep mm. discussion. Uh, that we're gonna talk about here in the next few minutes. Uh, but stick around for the second half. We've got a really interesting draft today. It's back to school season, right? That's right. Your wife is back to school, your daughter's back to school. So we're gonna talk about and draft our top school lunch. Woohoo! All right, so that's gonna be an interesting discussion. So I hope you can hang around for that.
1: So, does that make anybody cringe to think about school lunch? Yeah. And we're we're drafting our school lunch. So Yeah,
0: but the way that we're looking at it is like if you were packing a school lunch, what would the ultimate school lunch look like back in the day or today? What would that look like? So that'll be a good one.
1: I mean it might not be too much difference between back in the day and today. I mean, I'm
0: just <laughs> oh, okay. lunch well, was
1: lunch. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah. So how are you been, man?
1: I've been good. Um been a not too busy of a week. Yeah. It's kind of a downhill slide, I guess. Summer's ending. Yeah. People getting ready to go back to school. So now, now I'm, at, now I'm at that stage where I'm trying to figure out how I maneuver right. in ministry. Yeah. Like, what do we do next? Right. How do we? So it's been good. But the uh, good thing is, uh, since the last episode, uh, I have talked, I uh, talked him into. it. I kind of pulled him into it. <laughs> but we have joined an adult, adult kickball league, yeah. so yes.
0: Yeah, he sent me a text last week, and he was like, or he sent me a picture of the advertisement, and he was like, should we do this? Our local, we've talked about it before, but our local minor league baseball team, the Hickory Crawdads, is hosting a kickball league this fall, and we're excited. We're gonna do it. We've put a small team together, and we're looking at getting t-shirts and everything. So, uh, Lord willing, nobody gets hurt. (laughs) The one kick wonders. Oh, yeah, that's the one kick wonders. The one kick wonders. Hopefully, that's not our destiny. (laughs) One kick and we're done, but it'll be fun. It'll be good to get back outside and hanging out with people again.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Just and the fact that we get to do it like on a minor league baseball Mm -hmm. field, even if we're in the outfield, it's still pretty cool. So, very cool. I I think it's going to be fun. So, anything uh how's your week been? It's been
0: it's been all right. I mean, it's been it's it's been kind of slow. We did have my son's 1-year-old birthday party this Yay! Sunday. So, uh COVID has made birthdays weird. It's made graduations weird. It's made a lot weird. So, we had like a a drive-in birthday party. That was it was interesting, but I think it turned out well. Everybody that came was uh, it was good to see people and be around people again. So, and the uh, cupcakes were amazing. Yeah, yeah. The lady that we always use for cupcakes knocks it out of park every time.
1: Yes, uh, so they that's, were amazing. that's been my week, man. So, yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been a good week. I do quickly want to give a shout out to Pastor Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, thank you again for coming and being a part of yeah. caffeinated living last week. Uh, I have heard some really good reviews yeah. from people, just how much they enjoyed that episode. So, man.
0: I might be biased, but I think it was the best
1: six episode we've ever had
0: it's close <laughs> it's close It was good, man it was good to be able to have a guest. I can't wait to sprinkle in a few more yeah like,
1: coming up and yeah we, I mean and, and I think that's what that's what makes it different a little bit yeah. like you guys just aren't hearing us so now we're starting to bring in some guests. I almost feel like we're we're, we're almost big time. <laughs>
0: No, I wouldn't say that. we got
1: to get double digits first. Yeah,
0: or maybe 100 episodes. Okay, we'll see. Dude.
1: Okay, we're only 93 away, so we're good.
0: <laughs> we can do it. Keep rolling through.
1: So, no, um, today's episode, we just want to jump right in. Uh, like Kyle said earlier, th- this is going to be a tough mm. episode, but one that we truly believe more pastors need to be. Upfront with. Upfront with. We, we need we need to talk about it. Mm. People in the church, I, I strongly believe, they, they need to hear about it and, and talk about it. So what is that? We are going to talk on the issue dealing with ministry and depression. Yeah. Or ministry and depression. So I, I know that might sound like, how can a pastor be depressed? Right. You know, like sometimes man, whether you are a part-time or a full-time pastor, that's probably at least one thing you have dealt with or you have struggled with in your ministry, regardless of whether you have seeked help for that or you've tried to keep that inward and you've tried to fight that battle on your own.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this is a discussion that... Both Rob and I take very seriously, but when you texted me that you wanted to do this and talk about it, my immediate answer in my head was, no way, mm-hmm. like, one, I didn't think we were ready, two, this, this, is, this is a tough thing to discuss, and this is also something that hits home for me. Uh, I've been very open, and I think I maybe shared this a little bit in my testimony, but I know I've been open with you about it. Just my struggles with anxiety, Um, and looking back in my life, um, there's definitely been seasons or moments that I would look back and say, that was depression. Hmm. That is something that I couldn't be upfront enough to admit, uh, and talk about openly with other people, but looking back for sure, being able to see, yeah, that was a season of depression. And and as pastors, so many times, I feel like we might not classify it as depression. You know, we've, we've talked about, and other episodes, burnout, right? Right, we, yeah. We've talked about what burnout looks like and how how to help that. But how many times as pastors do you think we either self-diagnose or classify other pastors as being burnt out, when in all reality, it could probably be a deeper issue than that, be a deeper, uh, harder thing that they're wrestling with inside. And how many times do we, classify people as being burnt out when in all actuality they're probably in a season of depression in a mm. season of not f- f- fighting their faith but trying to find and wade those waters of mm. feeling alone or feeling right. isolated um, because I feel like so many times in the church today uh, having depression or what we the hot buzzword now mental health has its own stigma. People shy away right. from it. We don't talk about it enough. We don't face it head on. When we want to talk about all these other hotbed issues like homosexuality and stuff,
1: but we won't fight mental health. And then we're surprised mm. when we hear of other pastors and Christian authors and yeah. all these leader, people in leadership mm. We find out later after they've committed suicide or they have passed on that they they were dealing with depression in their ministry of leading
0: their church. Yeah. I think the one—we see it more and more in the news today. But there was a pastor out in California. uh, I followed him on Instagram. Uh, You know, I'd done that whole thing, like followed his life, as weird as that sounds. Uh, He had started a foundation for depression Mm -hmm. and mental health. And ends up taking his own life. And I think when we hear things like ministers of the gospel taking their own Mm -hmm. lives, like that is a moment to pause and be like, wait a second. Is there a real issue here? Or is this just a number? Um, And I think... If we were to look at the numbers, and I think you've got the numbers, this is a real issues that ministers and pastors, full-time, part-time volunteers are facing head on.
1: So what it, what have you seen? Well, real quick, I, I just want to say before we go any further into this episode, if you are listening, mm-hmm. again, whether you are a pastor, full-time, part-time, if you are just listening. Just this. listening. A volunteer, if you're just a podcaster listening, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed to admit that you have those thoughts of, of loneliness and isolation and not knowing how to overcome yeah. those fears. Don't, don't be afraid to seek help with that. Right. Don't, don't be, especially as a pastor... Don't be so prideful to say that I can fight my way through this on my own, Hmm. because that's the exact same thing that Satan wants you to believe. Right. And I'm I'm going to share a little bit more about that here in a few minutes, but yeah, um, first I want I want I want to start off with Proverbs chapter twelve, um, because I was looking at what the Bible would say or what the Bible says about depression, and. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, in the New American Standard, it reads, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. So I was like, okay, that's... But then I go over to the New King James Version, and it says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, Hmm. but a good word makes it glad. So even with the wisdom of Solomon, there was some... Form of depression Hmm. that he dealt with. Yeah, you know, so it's it's real. It's not just a thing to make a statistic about. It's not something that we make light heart fun of. Depression is a real and serious thing, and so, and the study that Kyle's want me to read. It's a 2018 Lifeway study. Says 80 percent. Of pastors feel unqualified and discouraged in their role as pastor. Hmm. 50% of pastors are so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could, but have no other way of making a living. And then 70% of pastors constantly fight depression.
0: Hmm. What was that percentage again? 70%. Yeah.
1: Mm. 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. But then it was really interesting, too, that uh, they did a survey of Protestant clergy in Canada.
0: We've got some ca- Canadians listening we to We do.
1: Us. We have some Canadian listeners that, that have been listening to us. So welcome, guys. We, thank you for listening. Bonjour.
0: <laughs> I'm just messing.
1: So in that study, they found that 20% of pastors have been diagnosed with an emotional condition And 16% of those have been diagnosed with depression.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, looking at that and hearing those numbers, one, it it, kind of makes me step back and like, wow. But then I think about it, I'm like, hmm, if you were to poll this many pastors and to look at their lives and let them be open and honest, that's probably about right. And I, I said it earlier, but there seems to be this stigma that it doesn't exist within the walls of the church and it definitely does not exist in the walls of the heart of a minister. And, and, and I think that's very far from the case. I think so many times as pastors, we and I have shared, I'm gonna share with you openly and honestly, like part of my journey and part of my um, seasons where I've felt lonely or I have felt um, entrenched in this state of depression, there's been just times where I just feel ashamed. I feel not good enough that I have literally everything that I want or could possibly need. And how can I feel this way? So I felt ashamed. I felt like I just I'm not good enough and then literally have felt numb. There's been times in my life, whether I've gone through something traumatic or if it's just a, a moment of just not making sense, I can I can honestly tell you there's been times where I've just felt numb to certain situations where I'm like, I should have had a different reaction to that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Looking back, that is depression. But if we're encouraging anything in this episode, Rob's already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Seek the help that you need, yes. whether that help is rest, whether that is a sabbatical, whether that is Trained professionals, because we are far from that uh, with actual biblical counseling, uh, the people that can sit and listen and hear you and dig deep into those things, whether it's that or just spending time in the arms of the Savior. Seek one of those things for help. One of the hardest things for me to do was to admit it, Hmm. to bring it to light. But as a pastor, as a man of God Don't let sharing hold you back. You're not doing yourself a favor. You're definitely not doing your family a favor. And you're 100% not doing any favors to the kingdom of God. So bring it to light. Don't have that fear of looking fragile as a man or a pastor or a human being in general. Um, Just bring it to light. uh, And you'll be thankful that you did. I think we, you and I had talked about it at lunch today, but so many times we would have probably said that that, that mentality of, what did you say, the uh, suck-it-up buttercup mentality that yeah. a lot of people have. Just rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it mentality. But no, it's a deeper issue that, than that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely... You should not think of yourself any less of a pastor or a person if you feel you struggle with depression. Uh, this will sound weird, but I do believe that Satan will use depression yeah. to make you feel defeated. To make you feel inadequate, yeah. to pull you away from that which God has called you to do. And I'm a firm believer that Satan loves to use our weaknesses. Like, and what I mean by that is he loves to push those buttons. Yeah. That we know that we struggle with, but he just loves to just come in there and just push them. Yeah. Nah, Rob. You're not good enough, man. Why? Just give it up, and it just puts all these ideas in our head. You so, said it.
0: Where does depression stay in us? Where Where do you Where would you say? In our head. In our head. So Scripture tells us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and, and mind. mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I think Romans tells us our minds are somewhere that God is going to transform us the most. So why would we not guard our thoughts?
1: Hmm.
0: Why would we not mentally check ourselves and check our thoughts and to see where we're at? Like we go to the doctor for physicals. So what's wrong with evaluating our own thoughts, evaluating our own heads and seeing, okay, is am I allowing Christ to transform me? Am I loving the Lord with all of my heart, soul, and
1: mind? Honest question. Mm-hmm. And if there's someone who is listening that you have struggled with this, please email us, respond to us, let us know when, when, and where do we recognize it has depression? Yeah. Like what you're saying earlier, you know, a few episodes ago, we, we, we talked about burnout. Mm-hmm. At what point has pastors do we recognize we're not just burned out? Right. That there's like you said, there's there's a deeper issue there. But it feels different. Yeah. So what do I do about it? Mm. Like When and how do we begin to recognize that before it's too late?
0: So I don't know where I got this from, but I I had this on my computer somewhere, so I can't give credit to anybody. I wish I could. Um, But there's three things that I've got. One is medication, two is amputation, and the third is fabrication. So these are just ways to be proactive in identifying it in our own lives and hearts. And when I say medication, I'm not talking about pills. I'm not talking about medication, but is there something in your life where you are self-medicating yourself to not feel something else? Mm. For me, it was sports and fantasy sports and all of the things that came along with that. Maybe you're sitting here and it's Netflix or it's food. I'm telling you, when I'm stressed, I overeat. Yes. I don't know if you're the same
1: way, but... I mean, I overeat anyway, so that's beside the point. <laughs> but yes, my stress level causes me to eat and snack
0: mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You know? And I think it's the same way with I, mental health and depression.
1: Yeah. Uh, and another thing with mental health, because this is something that where I've experienced it a little in my life. I begin to snack mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You're eating more. But I become lethargic. Mm. Feel tired. You feel tired. You yeah. feel, I just don't want to go outside and go for a walk. I don't yeah. want to go for a run. I don't want to work out. I don't want to. So all those things that I would normally like to do, Right. I, I don't really have that desire, that motivation.
0: Mm. So medication, the things that you use to distract you. And on a deeper level, Sometimes it can be deeper than that for certain people. Mm -hmm. It could be sex. It could be pornography. It could be something a lot heavier. So medication, are you distracting yourself or trying to distract yourself from the real issue at hand? That's medication. The second is amputation, and that's denial, where you just try to cut it off and leave it there. You try to run away from it or deny that you've got the problem Mm -hmm. itself. And sometimes I think... As pastors, what that looks like is instead of trying to face this issue head on, we just throw ourselves into our work even more. We, we throw ourselves into saying, i got to be the best. i got to work hard. I've got to not go home. I've got to put this many hours in. And sometimes that's what it looks like for us as an amputation, where you just try to cut it off and leave it, but it's still there. It's still alive, and you haven't faced it. So that's, that's amputation. The third is fabrication. And it's just where we just try to make it up that this isn't real, this isn't true. Uh, we try to deflect it to something else. Something else in our past has caused this. We play the blame game. How many times do we blame it on someone else for the situation we're in or the emotions that we have? So medication, amputation, fabrication are just simple yet hard ways to identify uh, where we are mentally and how we can proactively say, okay, how can I change this?
1: So medication, amputation. Fabrication. Fabrication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Those go right along. And you, 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 didn't, you hadn't seen my nose until no. around lunchtime. So preparing for this tried to do some research, tried to get some credible articles on pastoral depression, looking through some books, taking all this information, and I have summed it up, if you will. I got got five five little points or five reasons pastors become depressed. Okay. So, So some of those fit in with those three your your three points that you just hit on so the first one spiritual warfare Mm. you know I I talked about that moments ago where I said Satan will use anything he can to defeat you right Um, being in ministry or being a Christian Satan is intent on destroying your ministry and he's going to stop at nothing to make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. So any little bit of doubt he puts into your head, that's a victory for him. Uh, The second one is just the re, and these may sound weird. I'll, I'll try to explain them as we go. The second one, the reality of pastoral leadership, meaning that we were ready for ministry when we came out of school but we weren't ready for the mental challenges ahead
0: yeah.
1: during that. Mm. The, the day-to-day stress of running a church and running a youth ministry all of a sudden becomes too stressful to handle. Um, maybe if, if you're in this season, you, you've sensed that you've lost a little bit of joy as you're preaching and teaching. You know, I, th- I think those are some good warning signs that mm-hmm. we can, we can begin, little flags being thrown up. We can begin to realize those things. Um, we, we begin to allow ourselves to become stressed over church attendance,
0: yeah,
1: or lack of church attendance, lack of growth, um, budget, uh, home care, visits, staff obligations, yeah. So that reality of pastoral leadership hitting like front and center, like whew, OK, was I really meant for this? Uh, the third one is, <clears throat> this is one that I've struggled with at times. a false sense of inadequacy.
0: Yeah. 100 percent.
1: Um you begin to compare yourself to other churches, you begin to compare yourself to other pastors, other youth pastors. You focus too much on church decline or <clears throat> excuse me, youth group decline and not on the victories at hand. That's Right.
0: It's a I mean it's it's the feeling and you you worded it perfectly as comparison, but inadequacy is something that I feel like we wrestle with more than we want to admit it's something that we talk about I mean every conference we've ever gone to don't do this don't do it and yet we (laughs) find ourselves constantly back in that state of saying well they have this their numbers look like this and you just said spiritual warfare I can't think of a greater way to divide churches and ministers of the gospel than to have people look at other churches and say, you don't have this. Yours doesn't look like this. When all actuality, we are fighting the same battle. We are on the same team. So, yeah, I I mean, but it's true. That is a harder wrestle than we want to admit. But a lot of us have that.
1: And yet we fail to realize the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right.
0: <laughs> we don't know what and, they're dealing with.
1: Right. And so what I may be experiencing at my church, you probably are not even experiencing that at your church. Right. But what you're experiencing, I'm like, I, well, we don't, I don't know that.
0: Exactly. We
1: just begin to compare so much. Um, I, I, I will say... I will go out on a limb here for a moment and say that our core group that you and I are a part of, Mm -hmm. there's a few of my buddies, there's four or five of us. Y'all keep me from feeling that way. Yeah. I I have never been threatened in the Five, six, seven years that we have known each other. I have never been threatened when our youth groups get together, and I'm afraid. Oh gosh, are, are they going to leave our church and, and go to Kyle's church or go to our <laughs> other buddy's church? You know, are they going to like them better? Are they because after doing five winter retreats together, yeah, I've learned that our students love each and every one of us because they see how well we all work together.
0: And we're all different.
1: We're all different. But they see how much we love each other. Mm-hmm. They see that we want to serve God, that we have a genuine love for Jesus. It may not be expressed very well sometimes, but they see that. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for—should I say their names? I know I'm not supposed to name drop on here. Why not? But I'm I'm thankful for Dustin and Jonathan and Clay. You mm. you guys keep me grounded. You you keep me focused. That the moment I'm feeling, I'm dealing with these situations. I can come to you guys. Yeah. I'm not a shame to say, Kyle. This is what I've been struggling with. Now, it may be hard for y'all to hear it. Yeah. To take it a little bit. Right. But I I do not have a problem one bit of coming to you guys. Yeah. And I say that because it brings me into the next next one, number four, loneliness. Yeah. I am a firm believer that pastors do not have, quote-unquote, true friends. Hmm. If senior pastor... Worship pastor, youth pastor, children's pastor. We don't allow ourselves to have true friendships. Hmm. I don't know why.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe we try. And may- maybe I'm on the minority here. Maybe my group of friends that I have, I don't truly see how much God has blessed me to have y'all in my life. Hmm. Um.
0: this is another episode where we say the same thing over and over again pro tip surround yourself <laughs> with people who are going to listen who are going to be on your side who are going to encourage but challenge I think this is like the third episode we've said this but it's true it's true I mean we would not have this podcast if we didn't believe that to the core
1: well And God did not create us. We're not designed to live in isolation. Right. That's why this
0: season is so hard. Right. That's why COVID, I think, has brought out depression in people's lives. Because some people just aren't wired to spend by themselves. Um, So if that's you, if you found yourself in just this season pulling away, or feeling distance from Christ, is it because you're not surrounding yourself with the people you need? Or have you pulled away from Christ in in, in frustration or, or sin or whatever it is? But yeah.
1: And then last, which I'm pretty sure neither one of us have ever struggled with, critics mm. trying to make everyone happy is strenuous work
0: yeah i'm a people, i'm a people pleaser but i but critics is different i guess i i've never been at the level where i've had to have critics um
1: but critics in the sense that we're trying to please them yeah they're we're trying to say we can justify why we're paying you mm-hmm. you yeah. know like so, I, I do believe when we try to people please, yeah. it does create fatigue mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Because you're going against the norm almost. You're, we're not supposed to people drive. please. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're working
0: harder when instead
1: they should be partnering with you or you should be going alongside them. And, and then sometimes, and I think we've talked about this some, not a lot, but when it comes to those critics, why is it we tend to focus or to cater more to the ones that complain about us the most? We, we try to win their favor constantly. Like we're trying to win them over. Say, look what I can do. I can do better. I can do this. I can do this. And it's just a never-ending, it's a revolving cycle. Yeah, We're just burning ourselves out when we're burning ourselves out or when we're getting fatigued we're we're pulling ourselves away from our family Mm -hmm. well okay so now you're pulled yourself away from your family you begin to pull away your from from your friends Mm -hmm. you begin to isolate yourselves to think what am i doing more and it's just this downward spiral so those are just quickly five reasons that i believe pastors become depressed yeah. In, in in ministry and and I know there there could be a ton more those are just some of the ones that I've, I've kind of when I read some articles read through some books just to research real quick um, and I know those are some of the ones that I've probably dealt with on a personal level you yeah. know yeah. definitely spiritual warfare false sense of inadequacy loneliness mm-hmm. Th- those are probably the top three that that um, me personally, I've, I've dealt with.
0: Yeah. I got a quote here. This is from a book that somebody gave me that I feel like is timely and fits this topic perfectly. Uh, it's by John Piper. It's When the Darkness Will Not Lift. Incredible book, especially if you're feeling depressed or feeling lonely or struggling with mental health. But he says this, Let it sink in that your soul has a shepherd. Your soul has an overseer. So many times we try to control our own destiny. We try to, uh, like I said earlier, medicate our own souls or try to fix us ourselves. When The only person that can fix it is the one who's overseeing it. The only person that can help it is the one that we can give it to. A lot of times in this topic and discussion, you'll hear pastors just say, well, give it to God. Well, give it to him. And I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Do I believe we have to give it to God? Yes. You'll hear pastors say, you got to lay it at the altar. You've heard that. I've heard that. Yep. But let's be honest. The only thing that you can lay at the altar is your life. We're supposed to die daily. We are living sacrifices. We can't just lay our minds at the altar. We can't we have to give our lives to him. And that has everything put together. God has created us, he's our overseer. He is our shepherd. Second Corinthians one four says this: He comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may comfort to those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God is our comforter, but that's why we're doing this podcast so we can show you the comfort that we have found in Him. Uh, Another quote from that book that I shared earlier, and this is all that I've got, Rob. Piper says this, find comfort in the valley. I love that. Find comfort in the valley, come out, turn around, go back to the beginning of that same valley, help other people walk through it with the very comforts they discovered there. That's why we're doing this episode. He then says, we miss some of our greatest blessings by not enduring through hardship in our own families or in our church. God has things to teach us through hardships that we will not learn if we flee from it every time it comes. Depression, mental health, anxiety, Stress is something that we shouldn't just flee from. We should fight it head on, and our, our goal should be to give it to the Lord, to kill it and to give it to the Lord. I'm a firm believer that depression isn't a season. It's more like a never-ending valley, but it seems like more and more that we're, we're finding it in our students' lives, in our churches' lives we have to push people and show people in our own lives learn to find comfort in him in the midst of that valley it's a process it's a process that we are to find healing in him
1: yeah and i just want to close this part again don't be afraid to seek help. Don't let Satan have that victory hmm. in your life. God has called you, he's equipped you. Yeah. He's not going to allow you to be defeated by something that you think is outside of his control. Hmm. That's um, good. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him mm. because he cares for you. Mm. And then Jesus says in Matthew 11, I'll, I'll close with this. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back real shortly here just for our back-to-school draft lunch. Yeah. Back-to-school lunch draft. Not sure how you say that, but we'll be right back. And we are back. So... It is time for our ultimate school lunch showdown. Class is in. Actually, Classes. it's lunchtime. Let's, let's take a break for lunch. Oh, there we go. All right, so in this showdown, or draft, uh, we are going to draft an entree, mm-hmm. a snack, mm-hmm. a sweet, and a drink. Right,
0: and but it can be in any order. Like, no, you can no take your drink order. first, or it's strategy, too.
1: Okay, so this is going to be interesting, because Kyle used to take his lunch. Yeah. I never really packed a lunch going to school, like very seldom. So I'm going to have to get creative here for a minute and think about what I've put in my daughter's boxes as she's like taking hers. But what would you pack?
0: That, that's the way that I would think. I'm thinking what I packed as a kid and what would I still enjoy today because, and if you take mine, I'm I'm, I'm pretty much up the creek, so we'll see. Um, but we'll see. But who's, who's got the first pick today?
1: That would be you.
0: Okay. So if I'm if I'm packing my lunch, okay, and I'm taking something first, what am I gonna? Need? I think I'm just gonna go entree first. My entree is just gonna be a classic. Hold on, I might switch it. I'm switching it. If I'm packing an <laughs> entree for my lunch, and you're gonna make fun of me, I'm taking cold pizza. All right, no. so, like, the night after pizza, preferably Papa John's, okay, the night after pizza, that's what I'm taking with me as my entree, okay? Okay. Are you going to take ranch
1: dressing with it?
0: Uh, I didn't I didn't say that, but if it's Papa John's, it comes with garlic sauce. <laughs> well, plus schools have the ranch thing. You, you can't eat pizza without ranch but dressing. But school lunch is gross, or school ranch is gross.
1: It, I mean, I, yeah, I... So, not all right. A fan. So, you went with pizza. Yeah. Cold pizza. Cold pizza. Well, pizza. I love I mean, cold pizza. I don't, who's going to take a hot pizza to like, yeah. unless you're getting school lunch? So, okay. I'm going to go with this sweet first. Okay. Oh. I'm going to go with the sweet first. It, it's not on your radar. At least I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're packing a lunch, mm-hmm. you have to have the moon pie.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. I was thinking more in the realm of a Little Debbie, but I didn't even think of a Moon Pie.
1: I'd I'd rather have a Moon Pie than a Little Debbie. Yeah. yeah. As we say in our house, don't bother with the mini Moon Pies because that ain't nothing but an annoyance. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know what a Moon Pie is, I I don't know if it's just a North Carolina thing. but No, they're made in Tennessee. Okay. They're made in Tennessee. Uh, It's basically a marshmallow cream in the middle, With, like, two wafers smothered in chocolate, and it'll change your life. It's like a
0: a soft s'more covered in chocolate. Yeah, soft s'more. Yeah.
1: Even though they do make banana flavor, mint flavor, strawberry flavor, but I'm like, just just give me the chocolate.
0: I love banana.
1: Give me the chocolate. (laughs) Emily hates that I love the banana, but I
0: love the banana moon pie. So, pizza, and then... Moon pie. Uh, moon pie. Okay, so I'm not going to take my sweet here. I'm playing some strategy. Okay. I'm going to go, man, drink or snack? I'm going to go snack. Uh, I don't even know if you like these things, but this is my go-to snack food, uh, Doritos. Okay. Just classic, not cool ranch, uh, just the nacho cheese Doritos. It's going to leave the stain on my fingers and my breath's going to kind of stink after lunch, but pizza and Doritos sounds like a good lunch time for me.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go old school for a moment.
0: Oh, okay. Old school.
1: Um, It's not old school, but for me, it would be old school because as I was growing up, we didn't have like the individual bags. Like everything came in big container type things. Yeah, yeah. So you had to put it in like the little Ziploc bag. (laughs) So I'm gonna go with the snack, the good old cheese balls. Cheese balls, like the big. Barrel of cheese balls. The cheese balls, yes. Yeah. So you and I are both going to have orange fingers. So I'm I'm also going to have a carbohydrate high with the sugar high of (laughs) eating my moon pie and now my cheese balls. So there we go. Yeah.
0: yeah. If we were to take that today, yeah, it'd probably get taken from us. Um, I'm going to go my drink. I'm going to say my sweet. I'm going to go my drink, and I'm just going to go. If I were to take a drink. Nowadays, it's probably the same one that I would have taken as a kid. Capri Sun.
1: Capri Sun. Pacific
0: Cooler Capri Sun. It's the best flavor of Capri Sun. I'll fight anybody that says differently. Okay. So Pacific Cooler Capri Sun.
1: All right. Okay. So you have pizza, Doritos, Doritos. Capri Sun. Uh-huh. And then we have Moon Pie. Uh-huh. Cheese balls. <laughs> that is a combo right there. <laughs> so, ooh, do I go with my drink or do I go with my main course? I'm interested to see what your main course is. I, I got I to think about it. Man, that's a tough one. I know. So, if I was to go with my drink,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you've already had Capri Sun, so that means I couldn't take a Capri Sun. Right. However, when I was in school, we didn't have, you know, they do Kool-Aid now like Capri Suns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The packets. We didn't have that. Okay. I had the tummy yummies. Tummy yummy. <laughs> tummy yummy. So I had the barrel juice with the little straw that you'd poke. Oh, uh, what are them? the hugs? Well, they're like hugs, but they were called tummy yummies. Oh, okay. At least that's what they were we thought, when I was growing up. All right. That they, they look a lot, like when you're looking at them. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen the bottles with the sour... The sour bottles, the yeah. wax wax bottles. Oh, that's what they look like. They probably tasted like that too. I just didn't really. Are you sure it.
0: that's not a hug? It wasn't even. Did hug, it man. have a thing that you peeled off and it was like foil? Yeah, I think that's a hug. But it
1: came with like a little straw. that you go?
0: Yeah, a hole in it. I don't hey, know. Anyway,
1: that I'm, I'm gonna go with the barrel juice. There, I'm the called barrel, the barrel juice. Barrel
0: drink. Both <laughs> your barrel drink and your moon pie and your cheese balls. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't take an RC Cola with your Moon Pie.
1: We're talking about going to school. I don't think it'd allow it you to take an RC Cola to school. We're like, who's that kid over there? I got my RC teacher. How about you doing? We've never brought out our Southern voices until today, so welcome with it. If this is your first time listening, yes, this is this is the redneck episode of the show. So, uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah. All right. when, hold on hold on before we go to our last one okay? okay if we were in school together Rob would we sit at the same lunch table oh I don't know I, I'm trying to think of how you were in high school so you played sports but you were also in the band
1: yeah I mean
0: I don't know would we sit together I think we would I, I, I think we would still be at the same lunch table personality wise. do they yes. still sit at lunch tables today so if you're listening, do you still sit at lunch tables today? Yeah, because now high schoolers have this fancy thing called smart lunch. Now they get to leave. I know. We, I mean, in, in high school, like my senior year, we had special days. But now they could go to class and have lunch. They could go to a club. They could go to the gym. They could go to the track. Oh,
1: man, do, do y'all even still sit at a lunch table? Well, I know, like, where we are, mm-hmm. one of our high schools here, during lunch, they can leave because there's a few restaurants right there within walking distance of the school they get to go and I'm like if we had left school during the time we'd have had parents called and cops (laughs) called and would
0: have never come back yeah I'm like what in the world man (laughs) all right so if I'm going to my dessert um this is a classic and they just brought it back okay so I don't know if this is a 90s thing but I'm a 90s kid so if you youngins listen to this might not know what this is but my sweet thing is Dunkaroos. Uh, yeah, okay. if you don't know what a Dunkaroo is, I think they've been in Canada. So Canadians, you guys have had these. We lost them and they came back. But you dip this graham cracker light cookie into just straight cake icing. And it was the best thing as a kid. But today you can get them again. So that's going to be my sweet. So I've gone leftover pizza, Doritos, Dunkaroos, and a Capri Sun. That's a good lunch to me. All right. Is, hold on. One more question, okay? Because I'm really thinking now, I kind of miss school lunch. As weird, <laughs> as weird as that is, I kind of miss school <laughs> lunchtime. That was a good time. There were certain days that I did eat lunch. What was your favorite thing that you ate at the school that you didn't pack?
1: Oh, favorite my, my, my favorite meal all the time, um, especially high school, mm-hmm. was chicken. I about said chick-fil-a but chicken patty yeah and then a pizza day
0: chicken patty and pizza day
1: i love the old square pizzas yeah with like the little pepperoni things it's oh. like it doesn't look like pepperoni it looks like chunks of pepperoni They were pizzas made in a lab they were actually <laughs> baked yeah But those were the best man you could get two of those then you paid the extra dollar you could get three of them then you just smother with <laughs> ranch
0: oh yeah pizza pizza was all right now my wife went to school in high school they actually had chick-fil-a delivered and papa john's delivered every single day that she could possibly get but my favorite thing to get was turkey pie we had turkey pie day and it was the best thing it's just like chicken pie but turkey with Mm. gravy yeah so
1: anything with the word pie and school lunch together (laughs) no thank you (laughs) Yeah. Even though I do miss sometimes talking about school lunches, I do miss the little chocolate milk carts. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, man. You go through the line, get your little, you want white milk, chocolate milk, orange juice. Fold it back. Fold it back, pull it over. Oh, yeah, shake it up first. Now you're bringing back memories. Do they still have those? Oh, I I would guess so. Yeah, Yeah. I would think so. Man. Can't get rid of chocolate milk.
0: Well, you could, but. You could. But hopefully we're not there yet. And
1: the worst, the worst, was always green peas. Yeah. I'm not a pea person. Man, you come by, they, it down, they yeah. slap it down your... They it down your plate. We just lost people right there. Yeah. So, all right.
0: What's your entree?
1: My Drum entree... Roll. Hey. Man, I don't know. Um... If I think back of the times that I did take my lunch... I
0: think there's a classic staple here.
1: Yeah, I'm just... I mean, classic peanut butter and jelly. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to take as my first pick.
1: But it was always with the crust off.
0: Okay, so did you do it or did your mom make it? (laughs) Both, maybe? Yeah,
1: yeah. Because the times that I took my lunch... I never took my lunch for middle school, high school. Yeah. Older elementary...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got to take my lunch. Right.
0: Now, so, a game changer. Okay, what is your jelly of choice? Not that it matters for this. Great. But, oh, you're a great person. I'm a, I'm a great stra- person. I'm a strawberry person. I like strawberry. But a game changer. Okay, you like peanut butter? Sure. Okay, peanut butter and honey. I like peanut butter and honey. A peanut butter and honey sandwich is great. Actually, I, like, I wish I could change my answer to that right now, but I can't.
1: I like peanut butter and banana. Yes. My wife is a weirdo
0: who likes. Man, I keep calling her out. I love you, honey. <laughs> she is a weirdo that loves <laughs> banana and mayonnaise sandwiches. You like those too? He's raising his hand. You like those too? I want, dude, I love mayonnaise. Come on. <sighs> I like mayonnaise, but not that much. It's too heavy. All right. But so here,
1: here's but here's the funny thing. Yeah. This is what's great about our our friendship slash relationship. Mm-hmm. Has much. As you and I agree on a lot of things, and as very similar as we are, it's really funny how you and my wife are a lot alike. Yeah. yeah. But then me and your wife are a lot alike. Yeah. Which, sadly, she'll kill me for saying this. Me and your wife? M, I'm sorry. The redneck comes out for for our similarities to uh, kick in a lot of times, so don't don't hate me too bad. Yeah, we need to bring back a Rob's rant in the next episode. Or we need to bring our wives as guest speakers so that people can hear, hear their side of the story. If you want to
0: hear Youth Pastors Wives Tell All, I'm naming the episode now. If you want to hear our wives come on to an episode, let us know send us a comment put something on our instagram if that's something that you want to hear let us know i think it'd be pretty good though that one
1: and i just came up with another good idea for a possible episode okay what about if we brought in one of our volunteers
0: Mm -hmm. to share
1: their thoughts on ministry yeah that would be really interesting
0: that would be cool
1: all of my volunteers that are listening right now—they're probably cringing, thinking, "Oh no, he's going to ask me." It's like when
0: when you ask a student to pray and they won't look at look at you in the eyes; they will look at the ground or the ceiling. And yeah, you're... see, when they
1: don't look at me, that's when they get called on. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, oh, it's you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's our school lunch draft. So go through yours again. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go with peanut butter jelly. Mm, classic. Cheese balls, <laughs> moon pie, and the barrel juice. <laughs> What is the name of it? Let us know. What is I'm, I'm going to have to research this to go see if I can find the name. I bet we can find it on eBay. It's probably on... Somebody on eBay has it. The it barrel you.
0: juice. Yeah, there's got to be a better way to call it that. And I've got leftover pizza, uh, nacho cheese, Doritos, Dunkaroos, and a Capri Sun. All right, so that's our draft. Let us know who had the best lunch. Uh, we do have one announcement. Uh, we are coming back for our next episode. We're hoping... That in our next episode we won't just be available on itunes will also be available on spotify we've submitted our podcast by the time this is posted it might already be up on spotify so if you want to subscribe to us on there on there as well also we keep begging for this but it just helps us out as a show would you leave us a review if you like this show leave us a five-star review leave us a four-star review don't leave us a one-star review leave us a review let us know how we're doing let us know what you'd like to hear but we just like hearing from people we want to make sure that there's actually people on the other side oh yeah listen
1: yeah. to us so all right until next time guys keep it caffeinated friends